This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Donna Smiley, my little friend, is here from Take a Break magazine. Hello, you. Hello, you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. God, I haven't said that for ages. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I wasn't at work last week, so no. you know, I feel as if I'm just kind of saying Happy New Year for the first time to yeah, everybody. It's weird. January's going quite quickly already. It's the fourteenth already. I know, I know, which means Good. payday for us I tomorrow. Know. Oh, is it? Oh, we've got to wait till the end of the month. I'm like, oh no. Oh well, do you know something? It, it's good actually because uh, you come up here and uh, I'll get the drinks in until the end of the month, and then you know Done. you can take me through to the middle of the month next month. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Fancy not out in Glasgow, so <laughs> anytime, anytime. Well, listen, it's great to have you here, Don. It really, really is. Uh, tons to get through because we've got the brand new copy of Take a Break magazine which is out and it's fabulous as always and we're starting off with our first story which is you're once twice three times a liar Mm. so this is a story by Vicky Smith as Vicky surveyed the tray of sparkling rings her boyfriend Bob pointed to the biggest one and said you have to try that on she looked it and her eyes widened not so much at the brilliance of the diamond but as the price tag she thought we can never afford that however Bob insisted and then he said I don't think that ring's coming off your finger. What do you mean, Vicky asked. Bob smiled. Will you marry me, Bob said. Vicky threw her arms around him and said yes. Although Bob was 15 years older than her, he'd charmed her with his kindness and generosity and she'd found herself falling head over heels. She started planning the wedding and asked, Do you think your children will come? Bob had a grown-up son and daughter from his first marriage, but he'd never met them. Sorry, but she'd never met them. He told her that was because they struggled to accept the divorce from their mother. He shook his head sadly and said, I don't think so. She gave him a big hug. I'm sure they'll come round in the end, she told him, once they see how happy we are. Vicky got on with the wedding plans and in time they travelled to Gretna Green and became husband and wife. Afterwards, they settled into happily married life. The only drawback was that Bob travelled a lot for work and Vicky missed him. Then there was another problem. They wanted a baby but had trouble conceiving. Bob was very understanding. It'll be okay, love, he told Vicky. Let's focus on what we have. So instead of having a family, they went on nice holidays, even climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania to celebrate Vicky's 40th birthday. Then one evening, Bob announced that he was going back to Belgium for the weekend for work. But as he launched into a detailed explanation of his flight times and his hotel, a funny feeling crept over Vicky, she thought... That's too much information. Something's not right. So when he returned home, Vicky decided to find out what he'd really been up to. After he'd gone upstairs for a shower, Vicky pulled out his wallet and took a look inside. And what she saw made her heart pound. Instead of finding a plane ticket to Belgium, she discovered a ticket to Munich in Germany. And that wasn't all. Hidden in the wallet was a scrap of paper with a phone number on it and a name, Rita. When Bob came downstairs, Vicky was waiting. Who's Rita, she said. What were you doing in Munich? His mouth dropped open. How dare you go through my wallet, he said. Then he sat down on the sofa and put his head in his hands. Rita is a lap dancer, Bob said. A what, Vicky gasped. I went to a lap club in Munich, Bob said. I knew you'd be upset, so I didn't tell you. Rita gave me her number for a bit of fun. Vicky stared at him in horror. Then she said, I need some time alone. Bob got up and went up to bed. Vicky sat on the sofa in a state of shock. If Bob had lied to her about Munich, what else has he lied about? When he came home, she confronted him. Oh, sorry. Next morning, when she'd gone to work, Vicky got out his laptop and looked through his emails. And what she discovered left her stunned. Bob had rented another house. When he came home, Vicky confronted him. You've been planning to move out, she said. 
Have you looked at my emails? He snapped. The deceit never ends with you, does it? Vicky couldn't believe the cheek of him and they started to argue. Then Bob said, I can't do this anymore. He packed his bags and left. But it wasn't long before he was sending Vicky cards and flowers, telling her he still loved her. Despite his lies, she still felt the same way and agreed to take him back. For four months, everything was great. Then one evening she got home from work and Bob was nowhere to be seen. When she opened their wardrobe to hang up her coat, she realised that all his clothes had gone. As the truth of the situation dawned on her, she sat on the bed and started to cry. He dumped her again. For the next few days, she was a mess. She couldn't believe he'd done it to her a second time. But then she realised she had to put herself together. So she collected the post and began to go through it all. Most of it was bills, but there was a letter addressed to Bob. So she opened it. It was a receipt for a new sofa. Bob's new address was printed on it along with a phone number. She wasn't sure if she wanted to speak to him, but in the end, curiosity got the better of her. She picked up her phone and dialed the number. A woman's voice said, Hello. Vicky was so shocked that she just hung up. But at least she now knew Bob had another woman. She went to see a solicitor and started divorce proceedings. Then one day she received a call from Bob's sister-in-law, Paulie. She said, I've got something to tell you. Bob is still married to Claire, his first wife. What, she gasped. She explained that she'd called Bob's first wife to ask where he was. Claire had been so shocked to hear about her. She told Pauline, he's still married to me, we're never divorced. But he can't be, Vicky said. At their wedding, Bob had produced a decree absolute for the registrar. I'm sorry, Pauline said, it must have been fake. Vicky put down the phone, shaking. Then she called the police. As they investigated, the facts started to emerge. Pauline had been right. Bob was still married to Claire. The decree absolute had been produced had been fake, just like their marriage. She struggled to take it in. Vicky never thought Bob was capable of breaking the law. He'd never even parked on a double yellow line. But she was discovering that she didn't really know him at all. Legal proceedings began and their marriage was annulled. Then ten months after she reported Bob to the police, she looked online to find his new address and discovered he was living with a woman called Leslie. She typed Leslie's name into a Google and a picture of a wedding popped up. She looked closer at the photo, then clasped her hand to her mouth in horror. It was unmistakable. Bob had married again. Vicky's mouth went dry. Bob and Claire still weren't divorced. Vicky picked up the phone and once again called the police. She said, he's done it again. Then she burst into tears. Eventually, Robert Marchmont of Darlington appeared before magistrate's court, charged with bigamy, fraud and falsification of a legal document in relation to their wedding. The court, court heard that he'd been married to Claire in 1979, but they had never divorced and since he'd married bigamously for a second time. Robert had told a probation officer that he'd had a breakdown following the death of his father and it affected his thought process. He was ordered to do 120 hours of unpaid work. Then he admitted at Newton Court in County Durham admitting bigamy and making a false declaration to a registrar in relation to his marriage to Leslie. The court heard that he didn't want to lose her so he just went along with it. He was sentenced to 16 weeks in prison, suspended for 12 months in order to do 150 hours of unpaid work. Vicky went back home and broke down. She felt so angry and stupid. She's now heard that Leslie is standing by Bob. After the case, it was reported that Leslie said, He's a good man. Perhaps he did a silly thing, but it is understandable. We had wedding plans and he went ahead with them for the sake of everybody else. I don't blame him at all. All Vicky says is good luck to her. Married to a liar. She's going to need it. Well, Donna, honestly, I don't know how long is it going to be before Leslie appears in Take a Break magazine. It's crazy, isn't it? So he's done it done it twice now and he says he's not going to do it again. I mean, it's hardly a mistake if he's done it before and then he does it again. It's kind of <laughs> not accidental, is it? It's like, oops, I just got married, yes. 
unbelievable. <laughs> oh, what a shame. And, you know, know, that's that's just so damaging for, for Vicky. You know, yeah. she's going to take her a long time before she's going to mm. be able to trust again. The thing was, he wasn't even with his first wife. They just never got divorced. So it doesn't really make sense, does it? It's like he should have just said, oh, we never got divorced. And then that would have been the end of it, really. Well, that's the thing. I, yeah. I, you sometimes wonder why people go ahead and, and commit mm. bigamy or yeah. do really silly things when it, it really is so easily sorted yeah. in the first place. And like I said, he was really law-abiding otherwise, and this is like a massive thing, but yet he wouldn't park on a double like <laughs> He's got his priorities all wrong, I think. Well, I wouldn't commit bigamy, but I probably would <laughs> park on a double yellow line, so that's where we, we differ. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, let's move on to our next story from Take a Break magazine, and uh, it's the other woman in my boyfriend's mm. bed. This one's a bit of a shocking one. So this is by a lady called Emma. Emma was in the kitchen making breakfast when her phone beeped. She read the text message, put down the kettle and went to the front room. When she opened it, her eyebrows shot up. Sitting on the doorstep was an enormous teddy bear. She took it inside and attached to it was a card. It read, Happy Valentine's Day, love Daniel. Her tummy filled with butterflies. She'd only known Daniel Blades for a few weeks, but she was already starting to fall for him. A friend had given her the number after Daniel had seen her at college and they hit it off straight away. But there was a snag. Despite chatting regularly over the phone, Daniel and her had never met in person. Emma only knew what he looked like from the photos he'd sent, and she really liked what she saw. Daniel had gorgeous blue eyes, blonde hair and a chiseled jaw. He was just her type and she couldn't wait to go on a date with him. But it was proving more difficult than expected. I really want to, but I'm busy at the moment, Daniel would say to Emma. Can we just wait a little bit longer? He told Emma he was a single dad and Emma was raising her son on her own and knew how tough it could be, so she didn't want to put pressure on. She decided she would just wait, but then she waited and waited. But now as she cuddled the teddy he'd sent her, she thought, it's time. Emma rang Daniel and thanked him for his gift. Then she said, shall we go out one evening? I'd love to, Daniel replied. I just have a few things to sort and then we can meet. In the meantime, they continued texting each other and they'd often stay up all night chatting on the phone. One day when they were chatting, Daniel steered the conversation around to the future. I saw some engagement rings in the Argos catalogue, he said. Emma felt a ripple of excitement and asked, Do you want to get married then? Yes, he replied, one day. Emma knew it was mad to be talking of weddings when they hadn't even gone on a date, but she couldn't help but get a sweat up in the moment in the romance of everything. Yet still Daniel and her couldn't arrange a time to meet. They came close on several occasions. Once Daniel was forced to cancel after he told his child had been taken to hospital, on another occasion, Emma's babysitter had let her down. Six months went by like this, and at first Emma thought it was just bad luck. But when Daniel kept putting her off, she began to worry that something else was going on. One evening, her aunt offered to babysit her son, so she arranged to meet Daniel in town. She slipped into a new black dress and did her makeup. She was just filling off finishing touches when her phone beeped. It was a text from Daniel. He'd written, I can't make it tonight. We'll explain later. So sorry. She flicked off her heels and sighed. They'd been a couple for six months, yet Daniel still found excuse after excuse not to meet her. And in her mind, there could only be one reason for that. He had another woman. A few days later, Emma was in Tesco's when the phone rang. It was Daniel. Look, she said, if you're messing around, just tell me. I'm not here, replied. You have to believe me. But she didn't. It's over, she told him. I can't take this anymore. And then she hung up and she didn't hear from Daniel again. She was heartbroken. She was sore he cheated on her and had been with someone else all along. As time passed, Emma did her best to put their relationship behind them. 
but one day she was at home in Lincolnshire when she received a strange message on Facebook. A woman she knew from school had been charged with sexual assault. Her name was Fiona Manson. She was accused of posing as a man to trick a woman into starting a relationship with her. Fiona, posing as a man called Joey, had claimed to be a single dad and sent pictures of a good-looking, muscular man. The pair had grown close via text messages and phone calls before becoming intimate. Afterwards, however, the woman discovered that Joey was in fact a woman. As she read the details, Emma began to shake. They were chillingly familiar, and then all of a sudden it hit her. She knew Joey too, but she'd called him Daniel. As the reality of their relationship started to dawn on her, she felt sick. She thought Daniel was messing her about because he had another woman, but the truth was more shocking. The man she'd fallen deeply in love with was a woman. In time, Fiona Manson appeared at Lincolnshire Crown Court and admitted a charge of assault on the other woman. The court heard that Fiona was now living as a man known as Kieran Lee and had contacted the woman and started an online relationship. After talking on Facebook and by phone and text, they'd met up and ended up in bed together. Lee had insisted that the lights were switched off and he'd worn a bodysuit, but later the victim discovered Joey's real identity. At a subsequent hearing, Kieran Lee was cleared of any offences against her. The court heard that he admitted posing as Daniel in text and phone calls. Lee said that although he had been born female, from the age of 11 he began to question his sexual identity. He said, I realised I wasn't happy, I just wanted to be male. At the age of 15 or 16 I felt like I was a male. I didn't think that was a good enough excuse. The person Emma knew as Daniel was handed a two-year suspended sentence for the assault on the other woman. She's disgusted. Emma believes that he should be locked up for all the heartache he's caused. When Emma realised Daniel was a woman, she felt so foolish and was too embarrassed to tell anyone about it. But the worst part is she still misses the man she fell in love with. Emma generally thought they had a future together and she wanted to marry him. Yet that man never existed. It was a heartless deception and Emma doesn't know how anybody could have been so cruel. Oh, that is cruel. That's so very, cruel. very cruel. Such a difficult one though, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. Well, it really is. I mean, obviously, you know, if this Daniel or, or mm. whatever he's calling himself now, you know, it, I, I suppose if he'd come clean, yeah. then, you know, that I don't know. Is he is he going through uh, an operation or is he it doesn't just... say. It just says he's living as, as a man, but it doesn't say whether he's ha- having an operation or, yeah, it doesn't say. I'm not sure. But very, yeah. very, very difficult for mm. him, obviously. Mm, but definitely. also, you know, cruel, cruel for yeah. Emma and this other lady. Oh, dear. Especially saying about getting married and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you think you've got a future with somebody yeah, and you realise really it's sad. all been lies. Yeah, poor girl. Oh, Donna. Thank no. goodness we're so much <laughs> luckier than that in love. Yep. Definitely. Listen, you ought to read into my pack. I could fill a take a break magazine alone. <laughs> anyway, listen, it's been great chatting with you today. And thank you so much for taking yeah, us through pleasure. the current <laughs> issue. Obviously, there's loads more going on in the mag. So do go out and get it if you can. If you want to take a look at the Take a Break website, it's fully accessible. And the web address is? is www.takeabreak.co.uk Donna Smiley, feature writer for Take a Break magazine. Thank you so much for joining us here on Inside Radio. We'll speak soon. Take care. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk